Hello and welcome to this week's Statsman Podcast with me, James York, and... Ted Knudsen. You watched Game of Thrones yet, Ted? I did. I, I stayed up late. Everybody else went to sleep in my house, and I stayed up late to watch it myself last night. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, but... <laughs> Wait, there you go, ah, Some, something to disagree on. I'm sure way back in the distant past, people used to say there was too much agreement on this podcast, but... That's definitely true, although I think Pugsley was kind yeah, of inherently yeah. more agreeable. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the Pugsley era, but... Uh, so there we go, Game of Thrones, waste of time, I say. Ted says no, <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, it's just so. Please, please don't hold this against James. People are just going to turn off the podcast. It's just gratuitous. There's just no need. I don't need to sit. It's, it's, it's too violent. Anyway, J- James. James really likes reality for some reason. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why. Possibly his imagination doesn't work. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about today, James? Not Game of Thrones. No. I've every other podcast in the world is, and and my radio when I was trying to drive home last night just I keep switching channels because it's like right, more Game of Thrones. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, we've got we're going to talk about the championship, but about the Champions League, and then probably touch on um, the still failing to sort itself out uh, Premier League because yeah, every week goes by and we we. We're still unresolved in many places. Only the two teams that are relegated really feel like it. Even the race for seventh, look in the table, there's, there's like four teams within one point. Is, is yeah. there a race for seventh? Is there a European slot? Yeah, I, I don't know, but, you know, there's, there's, there's some extra prize money. At, uh, Including at the juvenated Leicester, who have actually been there all season long, but now... You know, Brendan Rodgers is there, and his teeth are piloting them on to uh, impressive feats. It's what, yeah, Leicester and Everton, two teams that are, are just like variously disappointing, but good enough somehow. And yeah, they're, they're right there. Right, where should we go first, Ted? Take your pick, roll the dice. Well, I was, someone complained to me that we only talk about Premier League recently, and this person may or may not work for a championship club. So I feel like we should spend a little bit of time back where I used to work and discuss one of the craziest leagues in the world. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly more knowledgeable about the championship right now, just, just because I did a bit on uh, a bit of work uh, on Leeds. Don't tell anyone, but James watched some matches. I watched, yeah, I did a bit of work on Leeds, and I did watch Norwich at the weekend for some reason. It was on, it was on the tally, you know, you get the chance. But yeah, it's, it's looking pretty interesting at the moment. Like at the top, Norwich. There's four games left, five for some. Norwich look like they're probably up because they're seven points clear of Sheffield United. Um, yeah, they're they're clearing away. Like, yeah, it's not happening. You know they would have to they would have to be struck by lightning or something to to fall apart and that that's a you know they've they've done well there they picked up some uh, non obvious signings over the um, over the last year or so and, and have kind of um, well, since they last went down they've slowly but surely kind of like rebuilt their rebuilt their squad and um, you know Timu Pucky was like a good value buy but there were a couple other ones that Norwich got I think um, like Buendia was uh, was pretty high on. Well, I mean, there's one other Segunda that they've championed. I think they've got a fullback that I really liked. Uh, i got to look him up real quick because we go through a lot of guys. But yeah, Buendia and, and Pucky up front have been really excellent. Um, and they've just done a good job of like not making mistakes, which is you know, consistently impressive. One of the funky things about Norwich is that they don't play the more traditional German style or like modern German style. And that, like, we don't see a lot of aggressive pressing. And James has had had some visualizations he's done on this, uh, and they look more, like they defend more like an English team, um, but the attack is is a bit better than that. So yeah, Buendia and, and Pucky have done quite well, and just you know scoring all over the place. So Nel Hernandez, Steeperman also with a, a good number of goals. So yeah, it's a and 
you know, everybody's kind of commented. It's almost, I don't want to be the backlash of, oh, wow, yeah, well, Norwich are really well run. But they seem like they're really well, really well run these days, Stuart Weber um, as a director of football. And they kind of have always had like an ethos of this type of club where they would plan for the future. And I think they've they've done well with that. So it's, it's good to see those types of clubs succeed. They were not as well run, say, three, four years ago um, when they came back down and they had a bunch of mess. But I feel like they've modernized and they've definitely spent money on analysis and investment and they've got a, a sharp team behind the scenes there so they are you know basically 99.9 some number of decimal points uh likely to go up but the second place race is another spicy one so that set that the second place race is is really it's it's to save yourself heart attacks it's to save the fans heart attacks as well if you <laughs> if you if you go automatic promotion then you don't have to worry about going through the playoffs and all of the bad things that can happen to you there and it's Leeds and Sheffield United. Yeah, like not getting promoted being the main thing that can... <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be very bad. Have, have this amazing season and not quite get there. And get a squat for it. Yeah, that, that's not ideal. Yeah, the, the, hey, the, it turned again at the weekend with Leeds winning and Sheffield United drawing. Um, Leeds back in the driving seat, at least for now. That, you know, you can... You can there's three points between you, but you can put a wafer between them, really. Um, you know, it's very similar goal difference. Same, both scored 69 goals from 42 games. And expected goal difference leans towards Leeds slightly. Yeah. Leeds have, have, by XG anyway, although this league is very, very close, so XG probably has a little. The error bars on XG probably have a little less meaning, but um, but it's forty six games, so that maybe it doesn't. Look, yeah, look, uh, looking at that for for most of the season, Leeds have been Leeds have been you know sig- significantly looked the best team via XG, and, and now looking now, the top three look you know within hailing distance of each other, don't they? We've got them all between say kind of like point five and point seven uh, XG sure. difference per. You know, Leeds take a lot of shots. Leeds Leeds shot for if you just look at shots, Leeds are like sixteen to nine, and whereas like Sheffield United are twelve to eleven. But it's obviously shock quality is in there and set piece stuff like yeah, yeah. Um, Def- Sheffield United we know spend a lot of time and historically has spent a good amount of time on set pieces. John Egan was a guy that we actually signed because we liked the fact that he could score goals off of set pieces at Brentford. Now he's up there as one of their center backs. They have two former Bren- Brentford center backs, although yeah, um, <laughs> so it's it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, so Leeds and United and Sheffield both faced. Uh, Ipswich, who is the bottom team and definitely relegated, um, and then next game for Leeds is at Wig or versus Wigan at home at Brentford, and then versus uh, the very frisky Aston Villa, who who just are outscoring everybody uh, on a regular basis. Um, Sheffield United are home to Forest, who've been you know okay mid table, uh, tough to score against um, at Hull, uh, just a. Going back out east, so that's a, a train ride. Ipswich, and then at Stoke, who've had a miserable season. Yeah, obviously Leeds have now got the advantage with the three points. And you look at those the little the run-ins. The, there's nothing horror, horrible or terrifying in there. And it's interesting, an interesting motif of, of the whole top six. There's, um, I think, yeah, none of the top three play each other. Um, it's only of the top three running that the only team they've got in the really in play of contention is Villa and both Norwich and Leeds played them but yeah there's there's these kind of like channels of teams that keep cropping up in the schedule and um, yeah I mean you'd have to give the edge to Leeds I'd I'd be I'm 
I think as a as a neutral, seeing that this this Bielsa experiment continue into the Premier League would be a lot of fun. And I've got nothing against Sheffield United either. Like you know, <laughs> they they as as said, they you know focus on set pieces quite a lot. So the obvious stats bomb like interest here. We we like these kind of teams that, that do smart things. But Le- for Bielsa to turn what was basically a very mediocre kind of squad, or looked like a mediocre squad in the summer, not really add many players in at all, and just the system the system has come in and it's turned him into you know if, if they don't win the title they, they look like they're probably going to go up from here and it, that's amazing I mean that's that's as as good a story as you've got this season in football really to, to come in and make such a difference so quickly and um, yeah and also it's like the Leeds juggernaut I, I've been asked for years like we used to have this game around the office at Brentford if you if you could take over any club in the world and this was like say 2014-15 and uh, and basically like you know redo them and try and pilot them up to the top like who would you buy in order to do that and my thing was always Leeds because when I really got started being interested in the, in the Premier League it was the you know the the white Leeds team with all sorts of great players, um, including well Mark Viduka, who became less great over time, but uh, <laughs> plenty of others among them. Alan, Alan Smith, I think, was there for a while. Um, was Harry Kuehl, Harry Kuehl there? Yeah, yeah, they had a great team there. They they were really good for for a little while, and then the, <laughs> the financials kind of caught up with them, and it went. Well, yeah, they they overspent and they they crashed and burned, and they've crashed and burned for a very long time. So it's a uh, for me, it's almost like a bit like Liverpool. You know, I I actually don't have an anti-Liverpool bias on like a lot of um, people in England uh, because like I just I've never seen them win. So uh, I'm Champions League, yeah, but never a, never a title. And so for me, it's uh, it's almost like a Cubs or or Boston Red Sox for a long time, where like you know they're the second team and you know, definitely the lower version, uh, the lesser version of their rivals. Uh, Manchester United so like I don't I don't mind that and, and Leeds for me as well it's, it's, it's a good story on the flip side like Sheffield United there are three teams that have had a really strong season in the championship clearly above the others and you know you hope that they would come through the playoffs uh in in terms of like expected goals justice but the playoffs is a uh, is chaos and so <laughs> avoid that yeah i mean who, who decides <laughs> playoffs playoffs in football <laughs> whose idea was this 25 years ago <laughs> Very all, it's all very American, but there we go. <laughs> so there's draws and no playoffs. What am I doing this for? Why do you even play the games? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, you know, good stories there. Like whoever comes out of whoever comes out of this league, and they'll be and they'll be interesting, um, interesting uh, to see them in the Premier League and see how they uh, pan out when they, which whichever of these teams get up there. Um, just looking at the playoff race, yeah. Uh, this is also super spicy, and the championship every year is super spicy for like the the sort of third to, to ninth in many cases, sometimes even down to mid table. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. So right now, Sheffield United are are definitely in the playoffs. We would say West Brom are definitely in the playoffs, and Aston Villa uh, off the back of you know, six plus straight wins and a plus nineteen goal differential, like they just. They're they're really revving on on the attacking side. Although the the goal difference and and the goals against they've they've given up I think the thirteenth most goals in the uh, in the league. So like that yeah their games are fun to watch. But like Brentford used to be fun to watch. But then then you get this sixth, seventh, eighth, and maybe even ninth depending um, of. Bristol City at 65 points and plus nine. Middlesbrough, but Bristol City have a game in hand. Uh, Middlesbrough at 64 points plus eight. Derby, Frank Lampard's Derby at 63 points, game in hand, plus nine. 
and and Hull are still kind of lurking, like very low probability with only four games left, but they've got 60 points um, and a plus two goal differential. And obviously a very different season than last year, where last year they seemed to have almost exactly the same goal difference as that, but finished very near the bottom. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives you an indicator of how weird the championship can be. Yeah, I mean the the huge game here. Um, I mean, well, actually, I guess there's two two large games that could could, could uh, you know impact in this. But you've got um, Bristol City derby in about three weeks or three games time or something. And you know <laughs> we got two points you know riding on it here. Middlesbrough have kind of Middlesbrough they're outside. They've played one more game, but it feels like their schedule is slightly lighter than the others because they don't play a team above eleventh. They've, they've got to travel to Forest. Um, the fighting Tony Pulises could backdoor their way into the playoffs here. They <laughs> have forty-four goals in forty-two games, thirty-six against. <laughs> it's been all the fun of the fair up on T side. Hey, hang on. They have the fourth fewest goals in the league. <laughs> scored yeah which is amazing i know it's 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 one way isn't it this is this is how it works you, you... on the flip side they have the best defense in the league so <laughs> i'm just wondering it's interesting isn't it you, is, is this good enough for for a pulis at borough yeah if they get in the playoffs i guess it is if they don't it's it's, it's, it's a results oriented business james very true very true um <laughs> But it's yeah, all, all all to play for really. And uh, what was it Derby's last games at West Brom? So West Brom should be comfortable by then. No, oh, no, for at home to West Brom. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't like to pick them really. Uh, you know, Bristol City have the edge for now. Both have three away games. Mm. I, I I mean, you'd say the difference could be that Bristol City home game, but you know, the championship you don't know. Like you just don't know. It it'll be fun and. Actually, this playoff race is, is pretty much just as much fun as the Premier League. Uh, the quality of play might be a little bit lower, but Championship's a pretty good league, to be honest with you. Like having watched a lot of leagues around the world. Yeah, and it's it's growing it's growing every year. I think with um, you know more. Now it's more... only twenty four teams every year. <laughs> <laughs> more ideas. I was going to say. I was going. It's not. Oh. It's not just you know your English long ball manager trying to trying to get his way up <laughs> through the playoffs like in the old days. There's. Sorry, James. <laughs> and Norwich, but Norwich and Leeds and Sheffield United are all teams that can can show you. It's like no, you can you can be thoughtful about your play and you know use different systems. You don't just have to you know battle axe your way through the championship and hope to hope to come out best. Aston Villa definitely did that last year and didn't make it and nearly bankrupted the club. And then this year, obviously, that budget is probably still going to be absolutely massive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I suspect Derby, Borough, and Villa are three of the biggest, especially without parachute payments involved. Mm. Um, let's see. West, West Brom have parachute payments for this past year. Who came down last year? West Brom, uh, Swansea, Stoke, and Stoke. Yeah. So, so Swansea, uh, yeah, have strong. Uh, financial issues uh, and our mid-table. Uh, Graham Potter's done a good job with a, a very a fairly low-talent team. Um, Oliver McBurney, who we watched a lot of last year, uh, has, has done quite well. I think he has like 17 goals. Um, <clears throat> the bottom of this league is definitely Ipswich getting relegated, definitely Bolton, more financial problems. Um, and then... Rotherham are most likely to get bounced at 40 points, but then there's Wigan at 42, uh, Millwall also at 42, but a game in hand, and Reading at 44. Uh, Reading had a win this weekend, I think, against Brentford that should probably see them safe, but you never know. So yeah, the bottom of the league, we'll see. Um, it's probably Rotherham, but it could be one of the 
one of the bigger teams getting relegated. And then the, the top end are good. Um, let's look at the talent from this league, though. So, like, goal scoring. Uh, I think Timu Pucky leads, leads the league in goals at 27. Um, and nine assists, so pretty impressive for a 29-year-old forward from North. That's, a really, that's some kind of return for that guy, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about good signings. Oh, look, who's second on the goal scoring list, Ted? I've never heard of this person before. <laughs> It's Tammy Abraham again. Tammy Abraham came in late in the in the window, uh, what, about 31, 50 minutes, something like that, and twenty four goals, two assists. Um, he's real good. Only twenty one years old. <laughs> uh, Billy Sharp uh, seems almost eternally young. The third goal scorer, uh, twenty three goals at Sheffield United, tied alongside Neil Mulpai from Brentford, who's got more minutes. Um, Brentford uh, a bit lower down the table. Like Brentford were one of the two best teams in XG for like the first 10 games, but then they had like just huge injuries decimate the squad. Um, and so they had a big trough for you know another 10 to 12 games and now are kind of solidly mid-table again. Um, Jay Adams, also another young forward, 22 years old, uh, 22 goals for Birmingham, who... How, I, I I forgot about the the points uh, deduction. I was like, man, how did Birmingham end up that low? They've got so many. Yeah, they're not that. So they're not that bad. They're, no, they're not yeah. that bad. This <laughs> is <just>, life. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, thank, thanks to Harry Redknapp for that one. Um, just for teams out there, if you want a little advice, just do not employ Harry in any capacity anymore. Um, so yeah. Uh, so on the on the assist side, I thought that was kind of interesting too. Jay Rodriguez, oh, Gerard Bowen, also uh, another guy that has been rumored to your favorite Tottenham Hotspur. I got rumored in the in the window, but you know until a signing occurs, then let's not get too excited about this. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the story of Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> don't not, get too excited about any signings. Don't worry about that just yet. Yeah, Jay Rodriguez has goals, <laughs> but there's a lot of penalties. He's got seven penalties in there, so we're just not going to. Uh, we'll get less. We'll get less excited about his resurgence. I feel bad for Jay because he just had so many injuries along the way. Um, he looked like such a good young young forward, and then just his blew out. Yeah, like, knees. No, I mean it's it's good good to see him getting a full season. I'll tell you something. You know, to completely divert quick uh, quickly, uh, Santi Zola has basically played a full season in Spain. Oh. Which, oh, be still my heart. I know. He, he, dude's thirty-four. Like, if anyone saw the pictures of his the grafts he had over his ankle and stuff, it, it was looking really, looked really grim. And but to to come back and play basically a full season in Spain uh, and do fairly well as well. Credit to that guy. I mean, really, really impressive that he's he's managed to kind of like hold his own. I mean, he's all, he was he was top class, wasn't he? Cazorla. There's no, there's no denying denying. He that. was absolutely exceptional across multiple positions, and genuinely one of my favorite Arsenal players ever. Who, you know, probably didn't get the respect that he deserved. But I mean, there was a period if he had been healthy, it felt like Arsenal would have been right there for the league. Uh, pulling the strings as like a defensive midfielder, sort of deep lying playmaker, who still was able to to break up play and and like even at his small size, like Sandy Gazola, I think is is one of the best role models for kids in that he's tiny, mm. but he worked his ass off to become two footed. He became an amazing passer, and he's still sort of like quite dogged on the defensive side. At least he was um, in his younger period. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's the type of guy where he's like, look, it doesn't matter what size you are. Like, if you if you work really hard and and you can pass well and read the game well, like you still got a good chance. Not to um, not to open old wounds, but I was looking at fifteen sixteen season yesterday. Was it yesterday for a bit of work and that? And um, 
Arsenal were <laughs> the old XG table. Arsenal were top by uh, some margin on that. So thanks, James. There, there was your window. That's interesting though, because like, like I think because um, Arsenal kind of like sl- slowed and came late, and then Tottenham get. You know, t- 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 talks of t- often that Tottenham had had a chance there maybe to win a title that they missed. Well, it's just <laughs> Arsenal too that season. It wasn't. It wasn't just. It wasn't just Tottenham that missed missed a, mm-hmm. missed a, missed a shot at the big time. But there we go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, end of end of the Wenger era had a lot of bumps in the road. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, though? That, that wasn't that long ago. It was only, you know, three, four years ago. But. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that if you if you get Arsenal people, you know, at the pub and they, they've been drinking like that, that particular season would, would get plenty of frustration out of them too. Um, on, the, on the creative player side, uh, Saeed Benrahma, uh, also at Brentford, picked him up for, for chips. Um, 14 assists so far this season in about 2,500 minutes. Uh, so he and Mopai... Look like two of the best talents that might come out of league. Also, Ollie Watkins, although he's had some some injuries this year, um, <clears throat> so Brentford could you know do it again and turn around a bunch of guys and sell them for big money. Uh, Camille Grosicki at twelve assists, uh, 20, thirty years old. Pablo Hernandez at thirty four years old with another twelve assists. Uh, Buendia at Norwich with eleven. Joe Lolly, um, who feels like he's way older than twenty six, but uh, has eleven. Connor Hurahane, who kind of long term love affair. Especially his, his set piece delivery, but Connor's just really good. Um, ten assists. And then Lucas Jutkiewicz, who had a, an amazing scoring run at the start of the year. <clears throat> and I think that he's got 12 goals and 10 assists. But my, my favorite part about Jutkiewicz is he completes just under 49% of his passes. Man, yeah. There's your, <laughs> there's your classic championship model of play. <laughs> He, he also wins like 13 aerials a match so uh, yeah that's, Use, that's a funny one useful I'll tell you what it's just looking at them, the XG the table for the, the championship like we we do quite often think that it's hard you know it's, it's it's such an attritional league and it doesn't always kind of shake out properly and the top three are the best three XG teams in the league and you know the what is it three of the four the next three are all kind of like superior XG teams. The bottom three, they look like you know, the bottom Except three Redding. and Reading, and they're, yeah. they're like all look a class a class lower. Well, it, it looks like Millwall should be fighting for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that why well, we Ted, you're spoiling my narrative here. <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean, but you know, there are error bars. In the, it's it's, line, it does it's, it's lining up pretty well on the on in on the whole. Apart from Millwall, yeah, Millwall are weirdo outliers that are probably maybe better. They're better than their positions. If they go down, that's that's going to be some some so sickening luck. Listeners, listeners who, who listen to us in the first half of the season, at the very least. We'll know that when we looked at the the League One XG table, it was a mess, like a huge mess, mm-hmm. all over the place. Effectively, for who was going up, who was going down. Um, it looks like now, uh, at least as of this moment, although Sunderland have a game in hand, the top two teams are in the top two spots. Um, Sunderland are there and have improved from yeah. earlier in the year, gradually, you know, gone up in expected goals table. Um, and you know, haven't really seen their performances drop that much. They dropped off some. But Portsmouth right there, and we uh, XG has them as the third best. Uh, Charlton, Doncaster, um, Peterborough have dropped down. We warned early on that Peterborough did not look like they were going to sustain that. Uh, also, also, I think <laughs> I, I think I have to say that the, the Sunderland-Coventry game had possibly one of the most insane scorelines I've seen for teams that are like fighting for <laughs> for uh, uh, was that the, promotion was places. Was that the 5-4? 
That was the fight for. <laughs> You're like, wow. Yeah. Really going on. And then it. moving on down, like now it seems like most of the things are within air bars. The only team that, you know, Wimbledon looked like they were way better than they were and just weren't getting results. Now they might have climbed out of the bottom. But yeah, we'll see. But uh, you know, so League One eventually, give it enough time. And it mostly has uh, has stabilized to bad teams at the bottom, good teams at the top. Yeah, the League Two up as well. Sim- similar story. It's, um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's uh, the thing is when everyone was talking about XG in lower leagues and all that, and whether it's reliable for predictable and stuff. Like there wasn't data for these leagues, or not, not, no. not for not for League One, League Two anyway. So, uh, yeah, maybe there's maybe there's um. You know, big, Stats Bomb story, has yeah. really good data for League One and League Two. If you want to get in touch, you know, just uh, let us know. We do. It's cool. Anyway, <laughs> should, should we go to the top of the world, in fact, and briefly look at some Champions Quick League? Quick whiz through the Champions League. Yeah. Um, some good fixtures last week. When, I can't remember when we did the podcast. It was Wednesday, wasn't it? So we didn't, we didn't talk about the Barcelona, Man United, and... Juve Ajax game. we previewed them a little bit obviously Barcelona not that impressive uh, this is this is Barcelona's season in a nutshell not that impressive but got the result uh, you know 1-0 away win at Old Trafford sets them up nicely the books have them as like <laughs> exceedingly heavy favourites uh, to go through from here um, so that's tonight um, alongside Juventus Ajax probably Juventus Ajax the one if you want to if you want to watch a match that that's got something a little bit more on it. That said, Man United went to Paris and turned turned PSG over last time around. So never uh. never say ne- <laughs> never say never. But James is all about the daggers today. <laughs> let's, let's let's bring up the fifteen sixteen season for us. Oh, and let's also point out the the Paris Saint Germain uh, result from Manchester United. Uh, yes. <laughs> Things happen, Ted. I can't avoid it. Anyway, so football, fucking hell. Yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, uh, they're they're tonight. Obviously, Barcelona. Yeah, they're just they're just weirdly gritty at the moment. I said something something I randomly noticed the other day. Like someone tweeted. I saw a tweet. Messi thirty three league goals this season. I was like, well, well that isn't this season. What are you on about? What are you on about? <laughs> Looked it up. No, Messi has got thirty three league goals this season. It's like, okay, I don't remember that happening. It's, it's just as he does quietly accruing masses of goals. Um, so yeah, so many goals. I think what was my idea on Barcelona? My my soundbite about them last week. It was like Barcelona used to be brilliant and they had Messi. Barcelona, right. oh, Barcelona used to be good and they had Messi. Now, uh, now they have. Now they're good because they have Messi. Okay, just subtlety there. <laughs> I, I think the difference this year has just been in the defense. Uh, the defense has not been as solid. I, the midfield has changed over a lot in the last couple of years. It seems like sometimes they're just you know trying out spare parts because they don't cost that much. Kevin Prince Boateng is there. Artur Vidal's there, who I kind of forgot about a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is- Ar- Artur looks good, not Arturo. Um, so yeah, we'll see what they do in the summertime. But obviously, there's this match, and Barcelona are at home, and Messi's involved, and Manchester United have not been great at the defensive side of things under Solskjaer. So, yeah, uh, but it's only 1-0. Yeah, I mean it's just gonna have to be scrappy, and Lightning's gonna have to strike again, but it's not impossible. <sighs> Meanwhile, what about Juve Ajax? Juve, Juve, kind of like well, what three to one on favourites there to to get through. Although, but Ajax, Ajax were extremely good at home 
yeah. in the in the reverse fixture and you know dominated the game. It's unlucky possibly just to get the one all draw. Uh, you've ended on this uh, Juve never die kind of thing before. You keep hitting them, and now they're, they're dramatic. They're still there, <laughs> so you can imagine they will. They will probably manage to somehow um, squeeze the life out of Ajax. They're the Jason Voorhees of world football. Like <laughs> they just keep coming back to life, and you can't figure out how to kill them. And once someone finally does kill them, like in a in a knockout round, which happens, you know, they haven't actually won no, no. Um, you know, Champions League title. It's been close uh, one year. But uh, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief. You're like, all right, finally, we get to face the the more normal teams. And now they have Ronaldo, but the like the Chiellini mess and stuff. Like, I think Juventus are the most hateable team in world football at the moment. Yeah, they, it's, it's it's not good for them. They're not. <laughs> and you're right. They are not likable at the moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's move. Let's move on. And Ajax are so you know that. This is true. Root for the kids. Root root for Ajax in former glory. Yeah. Uh, Dutch football, uh, a resurgence. It had been quite low for a very long time. So, you know, these things are cyclical, allegedly. Man City Tottenham is the next one, which, um, again, the the books. They're not. It's not quite flip flip a coin, but it's it's towards Manchester City. But it, this is this is supposedly the most well poised of the four games. Uh, which makes sense when you actually think about the yeah, score Yeah, there's lines. no away goal involved. And yeah. So any any 2-1, would you take a 2-1, James? Well, yeah, put some fruit in it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Although, yes, yeah, this is it. Oh, it's like, oh, we lost to Manchester City again, but we made it through. This is it, isn't it? I mean, what what's what's Tottenham's deal here? You know, the, 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 the thing is with the... I mean, Liverpool had this, didn't they? It's fine getting to the Champions League final uh, if you win it. If you go to the Champions League final and you lose it, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously you'd probably prefer to be there than not. But the knock are you going to bring up like Arsenal two thousand six, two thousand seven? But the knock on it feels like that, James. <laughs> I can't handle the third one. <laughs> the knock on effects of um, of like you know potentially affecting your league form, and it's only the it's only the two. There's only the two semi-finals because the, the Champions League. Champions League final league is on the first of June for some. Under- Sorry, that was 2005, 2006. I, I apologize. I stated the wrong year. But yes, um, is this the furthest the Spurs have ever made in the Champions League? I wanted to ask you that. No, they got to the quarterfinals before, and they went out to Madrid. Do you remember when Crouch got sent off after ten minutes against Madrid? No, I wouldn't remember that. Yeah, well, it sounds like a good story. <laughs> Peter Crouch, two two leggy tackles in the Bernabeu. I got sent off, and that was that's out. all he's got is leggy tackles. He's built of legs. His entire body is legs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. If I'm I'm, I'm developed a habit of misremembering things. So if, if we're getting uh, old, man. Oh, man, I yeah. just I just said six seven, but no, it was five <laughs> five six for our summation in the Champions League. I knew it had a six in it. Damn it, hapless podcast. Um, Continue. We're okay. We're alive. Well, and then and then there's the Porto one, and and Liverpool only took a two goal lead into into Porto. Yeah. Uh, Porto, I think, re- reversed the Roma league um, that they had in in the last fixture. Um, Liverpool been quite good though, and can defend very well. Porto have have talent. They have talent every year. They are a talent factory. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the gambling odds say that Porto are are the least likely to make it through. So despite one thing you say about this, this all you know you, again, you look at the odds and it's all very clear which which way it's skewing. One goal for any any team in this in uh, these fixtures can just 
skew it the other way, pretty much. I mean, you know, if, if Porto come out and score within three minutes, right, we've got a game on our hands. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is interesting. If to, well, if, it's compelling, right? And that's 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 what you want in your in your TV. The the problem with the TV is that they play at the same damn time, which is irritating. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, what happened to those like five forty five six o'clock kickoffs? Yeah, they're missing a trick here because people would like to watch all of these games. And NBA spot moment. We always get one on the podcast. First weekend of the NBA playoffs, it was like back to back to back to back. To back is that on the four? There were like four games in a row for, on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you, you just sit on your couch and watch the playoffs the entire time. It's like Christmas. Christmas Day is also yeah, like yeah, NBA yeah. day where they. So they got they've got the right idea. You know, let's just let's just get them all on telly and uh, and enjoy. Right. Yeah, I, you know, you go you you get off of work, you go directly to the pub or to the stadium, and then you uh, you then watch you know football for four hours and then go home. That that sounds ideal. Maybe they can do that in the future. Um, yeah, okay, so I have to go on holiday with my kids for the rest of the Easter period of time, and it's coming up on Easter holiday, but there's lots of football coming up, which is great. Yeah. Which, um, we squeezed this pod in special, didn't we? You're, you're off literally, as soon as we finish, Ted's off on holiday. So, <laughs> so some housekeeping stuff, uh, sign-ups for our courses in London, New York, Los Angeles are up. Uh, introduction to analytics uh, that James did a great job on and then introduction to set pieces uh, Ewan is doing most of the heavy lifting on that course for building it although I wrote almost literally the book chapters on it um, and and so those are there please show up uh, if you're at all interested uh, they're designed for pretty much anybody the the set pieces one is more for for coaches and analysts uh, but still you know at a, at a low level you don't need a UEFA pro to, to come in we're going to teach you some really awesome stuff there um, I feel like there was some other important announcement that I'm forgetting, but thankfully we have a weekly podcast. So if I remember it, I'll just write it down until the next week. Good idea. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.